Welcome to a Potluck Podcast exclusive. From the MCG Studios, this is Random Mysteries. Hello, I'm Stephen Grabo, and tonight we dive into Uncle John's trivial pursuits of factiveness with The Mystery of the Crystal Skull, Part 2. Just like their on-screen counterpart, real-life crystal skulls are shrouded in mystery and controversy. None more so than the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. Anna Mitchell Hedges maintained until her 100th year that it was she who found the crystal skull in Belize on her 17th birthday in 1924. Or maybe it was 1926. In most versions, it was on top of a pyramid, but other times, it was underneath a collapsed altar inside a temple. Her account changed over the years, even contradicting her own father, who once wrote that he found the skull in the 1930s. There's a lot about Anna's versions of events that haven't added up over the years. That's a habit she picked up from her father. But who just was this F.A. Mitchell Hedges anyway? His given name was Frederick Albert, but he went by Mike. Born in London in 1882, the self-described adventurer, traveler, and writer spoke in a thick British accent and always had a pipe in his mouth. He was a character. He was rumored to be one of the inspirations for Indiana Jones, but George Lucas, who created the character, has never confirmed that. Mitchell Hedges' 1954 autobiography, Danger My Ally, doesn't even mention the word archaeologist. In that book, and others, with titles like Battles with Giant Fish, and on his popular New York-based radio show in the 1930s, with jungle drums beating in the background, Mitchell Hedges would dramatically detail his harrowing true stories of fighting off scary savages, wrestling sea monsters, and discovering a cradle of civilization in Nicaragua. Listeners had no way of knowing whether his stories were real, but it was all very entertaining. And just outlandish as his exploits were, were the famous friends he claimed he made along the way. After leaving England at 18, he didn't want to be a banker like his father, Mitchell Hedges ended up in New York where he worked as a stockbroker by day and a high-stakes poker player at night. It was during this time that he may or may not have shared a room with noted Marxist Leon Trotsky. He later wrote that Britain's MI6 wanted him to spy on the Russian revolutionary, but he declined. Trotsky always paid his rent on time, he said. In 1913, when Mitchell Hedges was in Mexico looking for work, he told of being captured by the revolutionary general Pancho Villa, who accused him of being a spy. Standing in front of a firing squad, the adventurer claimed that he was able to save himself by singing an off-key rendition of God Save the King. Villa took Mitchell Hedges under his wing and made him a spy. That's when the Englishman said that he developed an interest in archaeology. 
he came to believe that there must be some link between the lost city of Atlantis and the ancient Maya, and he started funding expeditions to discover that very link. It was a few years later, in 1917, when Mitchell Hedges was in Canada, that a good friend of his died, leaving behind a 10-year-old orphan named Anna. He informally adopted her, but even that story has been disputed. Some suspect that F.A. Mitchell Hedges was actually Anna's biological father. Piecing together Mitchell Hedges' story doesn't get any easier after reading Danger My Ally. The thing he's most known for only gets one paragraph in the entire manuscript. Next to a page-sized photo of the sinister Skull of Doom, he writes that it is made of pure rock crystal, and according to scientists, it must have taken 150 years, generation after generation, working all days of their lives, patiently rubbing down with sand an immense block of rock crystal until the perfect skull emerged. It is said to be at least 3,600 years old, and according to legend, was used by the high priest of the Maya when performing esoteric rites. It is said that when he willed death with the help of the skull, death invariably followed. It has been described as the embodiment of all evil. I do not wish to try and explain this phenomena. How it came into my possession, I have reason not for revealing. Five years later, Mitchell Hedges died, leaving no more clues behind. And in subsequent printings of Danger My Ally, all mentions of the Crystal Skull were actually removed. In fact, the only source for Anna's version of events was from Anna herself. Her father wrote a lot about his time in Central America, and he described the artifacts he found there in great detail, with the curious exception of the crystal skull. What was he hiding? When actual scientists and historians attempt to trace the story of the Crystal Skull, the first variable account of the Rock's association with the Mitchell Hedges' family doesn't come until October 15, 1943, when item number 54 was put on the auction block at Sotheby's in London. Here is the listing. A superb, lifelike crystal carving of a crystal skull, the lower jaw separate, the details are correctly rendered and the carver has given the orbits, zygomatic arches, and mastoid processes the similitude of their natural forms glabular occipital. A receipt reveals that F.A. Mitchell Hedges purchased the skull at the auction for 400 pounds, roughly $5,000 in today's money, from a London antique dealer named Sidney Burney. That would explain why Mitchell Hedges never mentioned finding the skull in his 1930s radio show. He hadn't even bought it yet. Anna Mitchell Hedges didn't deny that her father had purchased the skull at the auction, but she said he was buying it back. She claimed that years earlier, when her father needed funds to finance an expedition, he gave the skull to Bernie, a childhood friend, as collateral for a loan. Instead of giving it back, however, Bernie, or his son, tried to sell it at the highest bidder. 
When Mitchell Hedges got wind of it, he was so furious for a while that he was unable to speak. He called the auction house and told them to call off the sale, and they refused. So he went there and bought it back himself. That was Anna's story, and she stuck to it. Of the numerous scholars, scientists, and skeptics who question the veracity of the Mitchell Hedges' claims about the skull, the most vocal is Joe Nickel, a senior research fellow with the Committee for the Scientific Investigation Claims of the Paranormal. It is clear her father bought it off a collector, he wrote in his 1988 book, Secrets of the Supernatural. Nickel points to a letter that Sidney Burney had written a decade prior to that auction. The rock crystal skull was for several years in the possession of a collector from whom I bought it, and he, in his turn, had it from an Englishman, in whose collection it had been also for several years. The only actual evidence that F.A. Mitchell Hedges had the skull prior to that auction was a 1999 report by a British inn owner who said that the explorer and his daughter had the skull with them when they stayed there in the early 1930s. After all the conflicting origin stories, it has become more and more difficult for certain that the crystal skull is genuine, but it hasn't stopped true believers from saying it is. While its history may be somewhat controversial, says the website crystalskulls.com, the fact remains that the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull is a true so-called out-of-place artifact, meaning that despite the most evolved research, including the extensive laboratory examination by Silicon Valley's Hewitt Packard, no one has been able to prove that it's a hoax. The Lab Crusade The skull is not powerful, not scary, and not at all what it purports to be. That's the conclusion of Jane McLaren Walsh, an anthropologist at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. She's been studying Mesoamerican cultures and artifacts since the early 1990s. In November of 2007, after Anna Mitchell Hedges died, Walsh finally was able to get a good look at the purported pre-Columbian artifact, thanks to a loan from the skull keeper Bill Holman. Working with the British Museum, Walsh and her fellow scientists threw everything they had at the Mitchell Hedges skull, electron microscopy, x-ray crystallography, computerized tomography, ultraviolet light, and much more, including pouring through everything they could find that was said or written by F.A. and Anna Mitchell Hedges. After all was said and done, the scientists determined that the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull was probably made in Europe around the 20th century. Walsh's findings are very similar to those made five years earlier by Professor Ian Freestone of Cardiff University in Wales, who studied another crystal skull, supposedly of Aztec origin, that was sold to a British museum in 1897. His analysis concluded that the skull was probably made in 19th century Europe from a lump of poor quality Brazilian crystal. Myths and findings. Now that scientists, historians, and theists have had ample opportunity to study the skull, here's some of what they found out. Myth. The Mitchell Hedges skull was polished by hand using sand. Findings. It was made by modern jeweler's equipment. 
the obsidian tool the Mayans used to make much of their artwork would have left marks in the quartz crystal that could be detected by a microscope, as virtually every other Mesoamerican artifact does. Tests have shown that the skull was made using a wheeled instrument that bore the telltale signature of a metal tool augmented by diamond. Myth The Mitchell Hedges skull is unique. Findings According to Walsh, it's a variable copy of the British Museum skull with stylistic and technical flourishes that only an accomplished faker would devise. The only difference between the two is that the eyes and teeth of the Mitchell Hedges skull were more detailed. Myth The skull's ambient surface temperature is a constant 70 degrees Fahrenheit proving that it has some kind of internal power source. Findings It behaves no differently than any other chunk of quartz. Frank Dorlin disproved that rumor at Hewlett-Packard back in the 1970s, but it still persists today. Myth The crystal skull is modeled after an ancient Mesoamerican person or god. Findings A forensic scientist named Gloria Nusi made a facial reconstruction based on the skull's feature and concluded that the model was most likely a young European woman. Myth The crystal skull is a product of five generations of skilled craftsmen and is impossible to replicate even with modern machinery. Findings National Geographic hired a crystal artist named Barry Liu to make an exact replica of the Mitchell Hedges skull. He did it in eight days. Myth. Ancient Mayans and Aztecs worshipped crystal skulls. Findings. They didn't. In the book Dreamcatchers, How Mainstream America Discovered Native Spirituality, historian Philip Jenkins writes that the crystal skulls weren't really a thing until 19th century Europe. They are merely products of a generation of creative spiritual entrepreneurs. Skeptic Joe Nickel puts it even more bluntly. The chief powers of the skulls seems to be that of attracting the credulous, including some with fantasy-prone personalities, and transporting them to a mystical realm from which they return with added senses. It seems likely that further revelations about the crystal skulls will best come not from channeling sessions, but from science and scholarship. So then what happened at Louboutin? Perhaps the tallest tale of all is that Anna Mitchell Hedges found a skull while on an expedition with her father to British Honduras, now Belize, in 1924. She said she could prove this because she was there when she returned to Louboutin in 1989, some of the Mayans recognized her. What other proof did she have? None. All my father's papers, she told a reporter in 1983, were lost in Hatteras during a cyclone, photographs and all. That doesn't explain why none of the other members of F.A. Mitchell Hedges' Central American Expeditions ever mentioned him finding the crystal skull, or why none of them could verify that Anna was even there with them. The existing photographs, the ones that didn't get lost in the cyclone, don't show the skull or Anna. According to the skeptical inquirer, an archaeologist named Dr. John Morris went to Belize to try and retrace Anna's steps, but he couldn't find any of the tunnels or passages she described. So why make up such a fantastical account? 
because the real origin of the crystal skull is a lot less glamorous. The Real Origin In the late 19th century Europe, Mesoamerican artifacts were all the rage. Wealthy adventurers, the same types who went on African safaris to bring home big game treasures, funded expensive editions, where they basically pilfered sacred sites for trinkets and artifacts that they sold for a tidy profit to museums and collectors. It was such a booming business that Mexican and later European jewelers started making and selling fake ancient artifacts. Even then, these fake riled science-minded archaeologists, such as the Smithsonian's William Henry Holmes, who wrote as early as 1886 that it is easy for a native artisan to imitate any of the older forms of ware, meaning ceramics, and there is no doubt that in many cases has done so for the purpose of deceiving. Despite archaeologists' warnings, newly made crystal skulls were readily passed off as ancient Mayan and Aztec in origin, even though they bore little resemblance to real artifacts made by those cultures. But most collectors didn't know that. As far as they were concerned, they had in their possession an impressive conversation piece that quote-unquote natives believed to hold magic powers. According to anthropologist Jane McLaren Walsh, the first generations of fakes were actually made in Mexico between 1856 and 1880. This 24-year period may represent the output of a single artisan or perhaps a single workshop. Then European fakers got into the act. One of these skulls was put on display at the British Museum in 1898. Sometime in the 1920s or 30s, a German jeweler, most likely in the town of Eider Oberstein, which is known for its stunning quartz arts work, made a copy of that skull. The forged artifact then changed hands a few times before F.A. Mitchell Hedges actually purchased it in London in 1943. Now just because the crystal skull isn't a magical object brought to Atlantis by aliens doesn't mean that it's not an amazing piece of craftsmanship. Even skeptics marvel at it. Here are some of the statistics. The material. The Mitchell Hedges crystal skull was made from a single block of clear quartz rock crystal. The lower jaw, which is detached, was made from the same block. The age. It's most likely a century old. Unfortunately, as the British museums explain, contrary to popular belief, there is no satisfactory scientific techniques which can be used to accurately establish when the stone object was actually carved. The weight of it? 11 pounds, 7 ounces. A real human skull weighs about 2 pounds. The dimensions? 7 inches long, 5 inches wide, and 5 inches high. The skull is anatomically correct and accurate, but smaller than that of an adult. The value? It's difficult to come up with a dollar amount. There really isn't a going price for, as Joe Nichols describes, an ancient artifact that's not really ancient, but still has some interesting history. F.A. Mitchell Hedges paid about the equivalent of $5,000 in today's money for it. An appraisal in the 1970s, when it was still thought to be a genuine ancient Mayan artifact, valued it at $500,000.
But after Anna Mitchell Hedges died in 2007, the skull was appraised for a paltry $3,000. If it were to actually go on the auction block, its status as the most famous crystal skull in the world could spark a competitive bidding war, but another auction doesn't seem to be the fate of this crystal skull. Those who truly believe in the mystical properties of the crystal skulls are unlikely to be dissuaded by scientific evidence. The going argument among the faithful is that the reason that the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull doesn't look like anything else the Mayans or Aztecs made is because it was made by even more ancient people using alien technology too advanced for modern scientists to even understand. According to author and crystal skull explorer Joshua Shapiro, who claims to have searched Central and South America for the rest of the fabled 13, The crystal skulls, in my opinion, are ancient computers that have stored special and important wisdom and knowledge that humanity can access to help us create a peaceful world. And even though Bill Holman made the skull available for scientific study, he says he still believes in its power and he still honors the woman who entrusted it to him. According to CrystalSkulls.com, Holman is carrying out the wishes of Anna Mitchell Hedges as he travels around the world, making the famous crystal skull available directly to the public, instead of having it reside behind glass in a museum. There hasn't been much news about the skull in the last few years, but there was a find in October of 2017 where there was a Facebook announcement for a one-day event in Bellingham, Washington. Newsflash! This is your special opportunity to have one of the most amazing experiences you may ever know. To encounter the most famous skull in the world, known as the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull and the Guardian Bill Holman. Could this skull be the lost skull of Atlantis? Private viewing sessions, 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., $25 for 15 minutes. Thank you for listening to an all-new Potluck Mysteries. Resources for this program can be found via Uncle John's Truth, Trivia, and the Pursuit of Factiveness, the History Channel, and HistoryChannel.com platforms. Various contributions from the Portable Press, as well as independent research. This presentation has been brought to you by the MCG Studios in collaboration with the Potluck Podcast. For correspondence, sponsorship, crowdfunding, and other inquiries, please feel free to contact the producers for these programs at potluckbrothers at yahoo.com. For Potluck Mysteries, I'm Stephen Grabo. Good night.